Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Run With Toby podcast. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, um, this podcast is a little bit different. Uh, as I've kind of mentioned in previous episodes, the audience is meant to be a little bit smaller. It's built for our clients, our previous clients, our employees and our partners. And really the goal of the podcast is to kind of share like the other side of Toby. So we want to talk about some of the work that we do with our clients, some of the work that we do with our employees and some of the agency partners that we work with. And selfishly, it kind of gives us an opportunity to kind of learn more about our employees, our partners, and our clients through this podcast. So for today's podcast, I'm really excited because this is actually the first agency partner that we're bringing onto the podcast. And I want to introduce Ryan, who's the uh, CEO of Straventa. They're a growth agency based in Glendale, Arizona. And Straventa is also an agency partner with Toby Agency. And we work together on a number of different projects. Uh, so Ryan, great to have you here, man. How you doing? Great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, definitely honored to be a part of this uh, podcast with you and looking forward to the conversation. So Ryan, um, I kind of like cheated there and... Mm -hmm. I can't pronounce your last name. So could you pronounce your last name for me? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I don't mind that cheat as opposed to totally butchering it. So, yeah, hey, exactly. <laughs> yeah, story of my life. Um, Ryan Caracciolo. Caracciolo. That sounds like a good Italian name. Yes, last yes, name? yes. I've had some unfortunate nicknames arise out of it. So we'll just leave that to the mystery of the listeners. Uh, little, little scarred memories from like middle school and elementary school, man. You just, just making lemonade over here. That's all I do. Anyway. <laughs> cool, man. Well, we'll get into Straventa and talk a little bit about the agency in a little bit. But um, let's talk a little bit about yourself. So where are you from originally and where do you live now? Yeah. So I'm actually born and raised in Glendale, Arizona. Um, I live in Peoria, Arizona, which is just a few miles, you know, west of Glendale. It's, you know, part of the west, like northwest suburb of Phoenix. Um, and that's originally where I was born and raised. And so it's great to kind of open up an agency um, in my hometown, especially because this side of town isn't known to be kind of a tech side, if you will, right? Yep. Most people look to Scottsdale or Tempe. And so it was really cool to be able to settle up here and, you know, hopefully bring a, a wave of um, technology innovation to the West side. Cool. So what's the family situation like at home? Kids, married, do you have animals in the house? <laughs> yes. Uh, funny enough, we, we just got a couple new animals. This will be fun. So I definitely, uh, uh, I married up, right? I'm married with two kids and they say, I married up. She's the settler. That's the joke. That's <laughs> It's totally true. Um, we have two beautiful girls, uh, five and two right now. Maddie Lynn is five years old and Emma Lynn is uh, two years old. So we're really in the thick of it there and it's a blast, total blessings. And uh, like I said, we just got a couple new animals. So uh, over Christmas in December, um, my business partner had a bunch of chickens hatching. Nice. And he said, uh, do you guys want any chickens? And I said, no, I think we're good. And then we had dinner at his house one day and the chickens actually hatched while my daughters were there. Oh, game uh, over, right? So <laughs> game over. They were just wide eyed, you know, bushy tailed. And so yeah. <laughs> he didn't commit that night. He called me after he said, hey, do you want a couple of chickens for Christmas and you guys can raise them? I said, sure, that'd be great. So we actually had four chickens, nice. uh, four chicks. Um, and then two of them though were roosters and our home is not zoned for roosters, nor do our neighbors want them probably. So we had to <laughs> give those away. Um, then we have a couple dogs as well. And so it's a uh, nice. fun time. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, 
Do you really need to be zoned for roosters? <laughs> I guess so. I didn't know. I really didn't know. Wow. Um, but I guess I guess you do. And then uh, also too, though, I don't know if I want roosters going off at you know four a.m. And I'm sure my neighbors would have my head. So I think it was a, just a good community decision. Totally, dude. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about your career. I mean, you're you're obviously an agency owner now, and you know the Servent has been around for a little bit, but. How'd you get started in the digital marketing world, or did you even get started in the digital marketing world? You know, when you when you first started your career. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so, out of college, I started working for a company called the Pain Center of Arizona. Uh, they're a, a pain management practice. They had about five locations at the time. They were looking for somebody to help them with uh, business growth. They already had one business growth specialist. They're looking for another because they wanted to expand. So, um, I jumped on board. Um, within about a year and a half or so, um, I had developed into their marketing director, was leading a team of four business growth specialists, and we helped them scale from you know, five clinics to about, I would say, 15. Some of those were part-time clinics, but we helped them kind of scale up that way. The this, My CEO at the time uh, was very generous with the budget. He gave me a blank Excel sheet, and he said, make sure your genius outweighs your goof, and I have an ROI. <laughs> And you can spend what you want and have at it. And uh, he was very aggressive with growth goals, which was really exciting, right? Especially straight up out of college. Um, so I, I feel very fortunate the start that I had in this industry because it was really just about the ROI, right? Um, and what tactics will work between marketing and sales. And so I, I worked there for a bit. And then I helped um, a, a medical agency, a medical marketing agency specifically, um, help them grow a little bit. And then just, uh, you know, really had it on my heart um, to open up Striventa. So the progression came quick to entrepreneurship. You know, I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur. I was always the person that did it by the book. You go to yep. this school, you graduate, you go to work, you climb the ladder, right? You do these steps. Then all of a sudden this thing called entrepreneurship steps into play and I just had this wacky assumption that entrepreneurship was only for people that weren't type A and were crazy and go-getters and yep, yep. like non-traditional. But really the, the reality is, is um, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life and just not yep. really have known about it. So that's, right. yeah, about where I got started and uh, kind of what had led into Striventa. It's funny that you uh, say it that way because I, so I started out my career in consulting and I was working for, you know, Price Waterhouse Coopers and KPMG, and we were doing advisory work, basically. Like, you know, big companies would have us come in and basically analyze them and figure out how to um, improve their operations or just fix problems within them, right? And that was mm -hmm. the typical kind of like corporate ladder that you're trying to climb, right? Yeah, yeah. And I. I, I very quickly realized like maybe two or three years out of school that I was like, man, I don't like making money for other people, <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially when my boss yeah. is an asshole, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, that makes the whole like working for somebody else even worse, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think, you know, I, I progressed pretty quickly. I got promoted up pretty quickly, kind of like you know, you did. But as I started to kind of move through the ranks, I'm like, man, I'm, un I'm even unhappier, like getting paid more and doing, taking on more responsibility because, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm putting in this effort and I can only get so much return out of my effort. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. around 2008, when like 2007, 2008, when Facebook ads were starting to become, you know, a thing, 
you know, and this is when we were buying CPM, CPMs, right, for yeah. like a penny, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was a DJ at the time, like just as a side gig and a hobby, and then said, hey, you know what? I'm going to try these Facebook ads and see if I can get more people to come to my gigs. And sure enough, like I would run some ads, spend like 10 bucks, right, <laughs> on an ad, get, right? Get the club bumping for 10 bucks, huh? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Um, so we, and then I started to realize like there was a correlation between the ad spend that I put in, the people that would show up to the club. I was like, okay, yeah. I think Facebook is onto something here, you know? Yeah. Um, and this is when you can like target by like five different features, you know what I mean? There wasn't a lot of sophistication to what you could do back then so i ended up quitting my job and then really starting wanted to focus more on just providing freelance uh paid media services right so i i learned facebook i learned google and just started running ads for companies basically who were wanting to do advert like digital ads and nice, eventually nice. and then eventually i decided hey you know um uh, like this kind of like project to project work is not very scalable right now. And I want to build something, you know, an asset for like the future of my family. So I decided that I wanted to start an agency and to, to build more of sort of a retainer model for the agency. So I think for me, entrepreneurship was kind of brought brought about because I was just mm -hmm. really unhappy in the situation that it was in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it's, it's funny that you kind of mentioned that it was kind of in you, but you never realized it. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was funny because, you know, like the leadership I worked for at the time, you know, was just stellar, right. They, uh, yeah. like he was aggressive with his growth goals. So it always kind of kept me fed, right. Hey, let's keep growing. This is fun, new opportunities, innovation, et cetera. But um, it was funny, one of my first business mentors who also worked at the company in leadership, he brought me into his office. He said, what are you doing here? Hmm. It's like, uh, doing my job? I, I don't understand the question. Like, it doesn't compute. And he's like, come on. Like, there's going to be a point. And like, this is fun, but you're an entrepreneur. And I, and I kind of laughed at him. I was like, there's no way. I'm 24. And he said come on, Ryan, it's going to hit someday. And so I said, okay, I really appreciate the advice. I'm happy where I'm at. And then like six months later, five months later, he brought me into his office and he goes, so what are you doing here? And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like I'm hungry. He goes, yeah, you're an entrepreneur. You gotta, you gotta look into this. You gotta feed it, you know, and, and see where it takes you. Um, we're always going to work together probably in some capacity in some way, shape or form. Cause that's how business is, right? It's relationships. Um, I just want to see you continue to grow. And so that was kind of the nudge that kind of started the process. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about Stravento. Like how, like, how'd you guys get started? Yeah. I know obviously today you're doing a lot of HubSpot work, um, mm -hmm. but you know, you were kind of one of the like earlier agencies that really focused on SEO, not only the content strategy piece of it, but obviously the development piece and the technical piece of it. Um, tell me a little bit about Straventa in the early days. Yeah. So I would say when I got started, it was mainly in sales, if you were to classify it as that, like you, sure. it was called business development, right? So <laughs> mostly sales and door to door and kind of referral relationships. I'd work with agencies and marketing and, um, you know, the agencies were great, but for me, there was just this disconnect, right? You know, I'm being judged on ROI from a sales standpoint. Where's the ROI in marketing? Cause at the time it was a very high level still data, right? It was impressions, clicks, things of that nature. Um, but rarely were people actually tracking true customer acquisition success, right? And so that kind of started that thought process of, you know, I, 
I, I really think there's a gap here that needs to be addressed. And so um, that's where we kind of came up with the striving to invent, which is what nice. led into Striventa. It was Striventa at first until a buddy pulled me aside and said he was a linguistics major and went to like a bunch of other countries and just really well traveled. He goes, hey, you should put an A on the end of it so people don't think you're a toothpaste company. Like, oh, that's a good idea. Thanks. Appreciate it. So, that's well, lucky, lucky for you, you had a linguistics friend. So that's, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> it's funny the things you learn about people. Like he was a designer friend of mine. I had no idea about that background, right? Yeah. And I was like, hey, Strivent sounds weird. It sounds like a toothpaste that that fifth dentist wouldn't recommend. So uh, put an A on the end of it and I think you'll be better. And it was funny that turned into our logo for growth, right? But anyway, yeah. um, so yeah, so like this gap was real in terms of how are we actually quantifying results from our marketing efforts? And, and yeah. I was just fascinated with the online world uh, because of where it started to grow into. And, you know, search engine optimization was something where it affected every piece of an online business, right? It affected uh, a title of your YouTube video you're uploading, the way you're categorizing it, tagging it, your website content, uh, social media profiles, your local pages that are now getting verified for brick and mortar success, right? It was just everywhere. And so we saw SEO as kind of this holistic connection, right? Um, and so we we started off in that realm, you know, one, because I don't think SEO was being done on a global scale to the degree that it should be, right, um, in terms of the quality. And so that was a need to address in the market. But also, um, you know, for us, it was a way to have that conversation with the business owner to connect everything online holistically and, and show value behind it, um, show value of how this is affecting your business growth opportunities. And, you know, to be honest, that gap between sales and marketing had to be connected. So the weeds that we're being driven the handoff process to sales need to be qualified to make sure we're going after the right terms. Right. And so that's yep. where we kind of started off was, you know, a bunch of nerds in a cave and, and by cave, I mean, it was one <laughs> executive office that, you know, a, a friend of mine and I shared one desk off of and just worked on our laptops for the first you know year. Right. Uh, it was just the epitome of a startup. It was, yep. 100%. It was like those, those really weird overdone mahogany desks, right? That just came with the executive suite. And it was, <laughs> it was fun. Um, and looking back on it, I, you wouldn't trade that in, right? For, for anything. There's just so many lessons learned. And so we started there and uh, started, you know, Striventa uh, signed on a couple clients to help them grow their online presence and help them kind of connect that into their business growth process with either their sales rep at the time or even, you know, for smaller companies, it's usually the owner that would close the deals, right? And so there's a lot of learning in there, but that's really how we got started um, and uh, kind of the, the heart behind it, I guess. Kind of like where you are today, right? And where, where do you sort of see yourself going in the future? Uh, you, there's certainly been a lot of changes that have been going on at the agency with new clients, new business, new service offerings. You're developing products now too, right? Um, mm -hmm. Where where do you see yourself kind of going um, now that you've got a nice base to kind of grow off of? Yeah. You know, for us, it was uh, really always about customer acquisition. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of the, the driver behind everything that we do. So yes, we started an SEO, but we've grown into a full growth agency and, and I don't mean that by, you know, wanting to have just a bunch of generalists, right? Hey, we do it all. Um, our yep. focus has always been and will always be on customer acquisition and not just acquiring the customers, but then, you know, obviously servicing the customers. And so, you know, for us, HubSpot was a, um, a natural fit because it was just a strong technology backing to all of the tactics at the table yep. um, that we were accomplishing. And so, 
Um, yeah, I would say, you know, kind of that growth process over the last eight years from, you know, started off, you know, dabbling in SEO, if you will, for the online portion, um, all the way to being a full growth agency where we're looking at the end to end customer journey and saying, okay, how do we attract people that know nothing about our business, right? Uh, convert them in a meaningful way, in a way that builds relationship, um, and then making sure they're serviced because, I mean, as you know, Andrew, like nobody wants to be, nor should they be in the one-star fix-it review business, <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> right? If you're in that business, then obviously the surfaces aren't lining up, which means you got to have that hard talk with your client, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so, we'll get into that in a little bit in this podcast because I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to talk to you about those hard talks. Um, oh, so, yeah. Those are fun. <laughs> those are fun. Um, so that's actually a good segue into talking a little bit about HubSpot and how we connected, right? If I recall correctly, we actually had a resource need and I reached out to the HubSpot agency uh, partner community to see if we could sort of figure out, a, I was actually looking for a contractor at the time. And uh, you responded and we kind of connected over a Zoom call to kind of talk through like your approach to content strategy and SEO. And uh, it really aligned with kind of how we wanted to do things. And we just decided to kind of partner from there, right? Um, you know, how has it been working together as agency partners? And maybe I'll start by giving my perspective, which is that, yeah. you know, a lot of times these types of partnerships, they can go, they can go really well or be really bad. <laughs> and uh, I think we yeah. both had our experience of bad ones, right? Because we talked about that in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I personally feel that like there is a nice cultural fit between our agencies because, um, we not only number one have very complementary skills, um, where like you've got strength in some areas that you know we need some help in, and we've got some strength in your areas that you could use some help in. But also, I think from a value perspective, I think our agencies are very aligned in how we do our work and how we want to take care of our clients and kind of going back to that whole concept of inbound, which is, you know, provide value first, help first before you ask for something. And I think ultimately, like, it's been a very kind of smooth sort of relationship um, between us. And I think ultimately the the winners from that are our clients, right? Um, that 100%. our clients are are able to get knowledge and experience from folks and we're able to deliver it in a very seamless way that has no disruption to how we actually deliver the services. So from my perspective, that's I, I think that's why we've worked really well together as agency partners. Um, how do you sort of see it? Yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate hearing that. Um, you know, I uh, I don't know if my experience has been the same with you. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh oh, all no, right, we're I'm stopping this podcast yeah, right now. Cut the podcast. <laughs> no, I uh, I can joke because it's not true, right? I I think we have partnered up very successfully together, and and it does benefit our clients because you know the reality is is we have different pools of talent to draw from, both locally exactly. and with our own connections. And so yep. I think the real unifying factor is that um, as long as we're able to set proper expectations together for our clients, right? Um, uh, the proper expertise is at the table. And I think this this whole mindset of really serving others above ourselves yep. and, and really committing to that, checking our egos at the door, iron sharpening iron, like that's when you have a partnership that, that works well. And I think from my yeah. perspective, 
um, you know, it was fun kind of responding to that post and saying, oh, this could be fun. Because <laughs> you know, I've worked with, we've worked with agencies in the past that have sold SEO contracts and then try to just throw them over their shoulders to us. Yep. And then I, then I catch them and I say, hold on, like, these aren't the right expectations and yep. this is whole mess, right? And, and, and our conversation just started off so drastically different. It was, hey, walk me through your process. You know, what is it like? Walk yep. me through how you how you deliver. What's the research like? We we really dug into the details quickly. Yeah, and it wasn't just like a conversation with two salespeople, right? It was like yep. uh, people that have been in the fires, people that have executed on the work and then sold the work, and and I think that's why it's been successful early on. Um, but then even to now, yeah, we're able to kind of expand together in a way that only benefits the client because there isn't a need for constant training and uptime, right? Because yep. you have level of specialists and experts at the table and so do we. And so figuring out how to make that sauce work is is the fun part because um, everybody's properly trained, everybody's properly onboarded. And now it's just a matter of getting to know the client and the problems that they're solving for their customers to best address them and, and, and grow them. So yep. yeah, it's been a exceptional working with you all and uh, continues to be. Yeah, and I think once and our I think our partnership really started to come together when like we started to bid on projects like we were working on financials and proposals and things like that together. And you know, like a, a lot of times I I have to tell our clients like, "Hey, look, when we partner with other agencies, we're not we're not charging you any sort of premium on top of anything because we're partnered, right? Like and if anything, we try to make our pricing more efficient." for the client, right? To make sure that we're still delivering that value and doing good by the client. And so Absolutely. I think that's required us to kind of like open the kimono up to each other, right? Like, hey, this yeah. is what I price things at. This is what our rate looks like. This is how we estimate in budget hours. Almost to the point, like we're literally inside each other's financial documents now, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I think being able to- That's the only to... way to make it work though, right? I yeah, mean, exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's the only way to make it work is to, to dig in together and to have- you know, the conversations that on the surface may seem like uncomfortable, like, oh, is that the right question to ask? And yep. and for us, at least it was, well, yeah, we have to ask all these questions because if we're going to deliver this work together and, and get these results, then, you know, the reality is, is we we are fully vested in this together, right? So we have to be able to kind of open the doors and yep. uh, and just entrust, right? And yep. uh, yeah, absolutely. You haven't had any of those conversations with any other uh, agency partners, because I don't think it's ever gotten to that level. Right. Um, yeah, me too. Because again, like the commitment is like integrity of the process, service above self. And, and if you really commit to that, I mean, you know, it's not always going to be an easy conversation, but if you really commit to that, then it, it, the fruits of the labor show, they really do. Yeah. I, it's, it's that, that just again, that level of collaboration that you can have. And I, it's, it's almost like, uh, I, I also want our clients to know, like, our goal is to deliver as, as seamless of an experience to them too, right? And so like we are presented as like one team, right? And I think that story Absolutely. you kind of just shared with me about like an S, a quote unquote SEO agency, right? That just decided to sub out the work to another SEO agency and how potentially bad that experience could be. That's the exact thing we're trying to avoid, right? So there's a certain level of collaboration. So like Ryan will be like, all right, Andrew, like we're doing, we're doing this SEO retainer, uh, we'll handle the technical side of things and the more, you know, the more in the weeds sort of thing, you guys handle the project management and the client management, right? Absolutely. And so we yep. kind of define our roles and responsibilities very clearly sort of upfront. And again, I think that helps kind of deliver that sort of seamless experience to the client, right? 
Yeah. And I think for clients, you know, I'd say that the common mentality is, well, if you're bringing on board more partners, then you're charging more. And I'm glad you touched on that because I actually, I've seen the exact opposite. You know, you deal with these agencies that are huge agencies, the rev rates are multi-millions of dollars and they've built in so much padding to account for their own subcontractors that, you know, could be even interns for all the client knows. Right. That's right. And so, um, and so for me, like to dispel that nomer and to say, actually, I believe that partnering this way is, is a more efficient use of time. It's a better spend for the client because at the end of the day, it's ROI. So if a client is not getting an ROI, you and I both won't have a client. And yep. and, that, and that's the way it goes. And so I, I think there's a lot of agencies uh, out there that are very bloated. And and again, I'm not talking ill of it. Please know like that's, that's not my intent here, but my call, uh, at least when we built Strivento, is how do we build it lean? How do we get the experts front and center? How do we make it a seamless experience? How do we deploy technology to be transparent with our clients, right? And those are all the same things that you all commit to, which creates a lean process. And and you know as well as I do, like we're not in the business of just managing things, right? We have to provide results. Yep. And so for us, that's always the end goal is, is the quickest way to get those results and the ways to scale it. And so I think there's a lot of misnomers that may exist where I, I think I've actually seen the exact opposite happen where over the last couple of years, agencies are getting leaner. That's tech right. Tech is, is making it more approachable. Clients are are willing to be on tech like Trello or Asana to help the process move along quicker, right? Yep. So I think there's a level of buy-in from all angles that are just creating a, a much more unified and, and lean process that creates a better end product. Yep. So let me ask you this question, and I always love to ask this question of agency owners. Let's say you're a business, you're thinking about you know engaging an agency. From your perspective, Ryan, when is it a bad idea to hire a marketing agency? Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) when is it a bad idea to hire a marketing agency? I would say, um, it's a bad idea to hire a marketing agency when you don't understand your profit and loss statements to the degree, um, that you can or should as a business. And so what I mean by that is a lot of people assume hiring an employee is always going to be a cheaper route or or maybe it's a better route because I have somebody in the office I can turn to and talk to. What that communicates to me is that we may not have a process to grow a business, right? Right. And so right. companies are dependent on on hiring people that could bring a process. And so I would say it's usually a bad idea to hire an agency when you don't have like a proper expectation of how fast do you want to grow your business? What does that look like? What is your uh, gross revenue versus your you know, net revenue, right? What are your true uh, net profit margins? And what does that look like month over month? And uh, what are your six-month goals, 12-month goals? I mean, these are all just kind of standard questions we typically ask. And, and I know you ask because we have to understand how our expectations and success going to be measured. And how um, shocking is it yeah. sometimes, Ryan, that the person you're talking to can't answer that question all the time, right? Yeah, and and you know it's funny because uh, it's so true. I just assumed, right? But right. the reality <laughs> is, is uh, you know, when when a doctor's office hires us, I mean, they're used to providing patient care, or that's right. You yeah. know, when when an auto shop, they're used to selling cars, and and so at some level, like it, it's not always a bad thing. It was definitely shocking for me when I had found out, like, hey, how do you guys budget? Right. Like that, like, what is your budget in? Is it in an Excel sheet or is it in a QuickBooks account? Like, how are you actually budgeting for marketing? Um, 
They said, we've never had to do marketing before, so we don't know where the budget is, right? And so there's questions like that. But yeah, it was definitely shocking at first because for me, you know, companies always look at us as for every dollar that I'm going to pay you, what's my return? But very rarely do they turn the lens on themselves or internally. Right. And, right. Um, right. Right. And so yep. I'd say it's a, it's a bad idea to hire an agency when you don't have those kind of questions worked out or, or even when, um, the mindset isn't, I'm going to turn that lens on myself or my team. Now, um, when you're ready to take those steps and just have transparency across the board and, and invite somebody in to kind of you know, poke holes into the baby you've grown, which I know is tough, but I, I would say that is when it starts to communicate, okay, I'm ready to scale a business, right? There's a difference between starting a business and running a business. And I think the reality is, is companies should typically hire an agency when they're ready to scale. Yep. I, I, I agree with all of that. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned kind of the P&L thing. How many times, Ryan, like I, you know, having you're you're a business owner, so you understand, you know, P and L, balance sheet, cash flow, all those sorts of fundamental things to running a business. But how many times have you actually had to come in and be like more of a business consultant, right? Rather than a marketing agency consultant, right? Where you're kind of talking to them about processes or like looking at their financials or helping them, you know, answer questions that kind of fall outside of the realm of SEO and social and content and all that stuff. Right. Right. So yeah, it's funny you, you should ask that because, um, that's, I would say why we started making a transition from like Ah. just a SEO or online agency to like what we would call a full growth agency or business growth agency. Because, um, what I started to realize was, okay, I could drive as many leads as, as possible with the budget at hand, but what's the project to work the, the process to work those leads? Um, you know, when they become customers, what type of customer are they? And are they scalable for a business? And oh, by the way, does the team have the efficient means of technology and communication structure set up to where there's a process to where there's, uh, I always use this example, but like how many times do you hear this noise? <laughs> like the, uh, the knock buys, right? <laughs> yep. like how, how many times? And, and usually like those aren't bad things, but they're indicative that we don't have a process to even operate efficiently with. And so like that's where I was actually uh, most intrigued because I just uh, the full kind of customer journey relates internally to an office typically or a business where all of those items have to be worked out as well because we're all in the business to scale together, right? And so, yeah, it was uh, it was a fun transition, you know, over the last eight years to kind of grow into that. But it was spawned by a lot of those kind of micro conversations with the stakeholders, like, hey, what tech do you guys use to organize internally? Oh, we use Trello. We'll use Trello with us. Yeah, we use Trello internally so we don't duplicate processes, right? Yep, yep, um, yep. So it was fun to have those conversations. And I think that's kind of what kind of spurred more of this uh, business growth mindset through content and process, right? Yeah, I think uh, going back to my original question about uh, when is it a bad idea to hire a marketing agency, um, from my perspective, I actually think it's a really bad idea if you don't have someone who understands marketing in your organization, that's and a great point. A lot of great times, point. you know, we we do work with a lot of small to medium sized businesses, right? And a lot of times it's the CEO or the founder or someone who's kind of wearing a marketing and a sales and a whatever mm-hmm. hat. And unfortunately, uh, I find a lot of times those clients 
we're not able to accomplish the things that we need to accomplish because we're spending a lot of time explaining very fundamental or basic marketing concepts or sales concepts to the clients. And they're maybe struggling with some of those concepts, which means they're struggling with the strategy that they have to approve that we're putting in front of them. Ultimately, like what that ends up happening is we we can't move forward. We get stuck. We get in these feedback loops, right? Yeah. And we just yeah. end up, you know, we keep invoicing the client and then the client comes back like, where are the results? And like, you can't get results if we have never gotten out of strategy, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I would say like, hey, if you're going to mar- hire a marketing agency and, you know, maybe you're the CEO or the founder and sort of thinking about making that investment, make sure you've got like a mid-level kind of middle manager, if you would, to kind of who understands marketing to, to manage that agency. I just, I was actually just on a, another yeah, podcast yeah, with a point. client and the client told me like, Hey, Andrew, when you first came in, I kind of realized like you were managing us a lot <laughs> and yeah. we kind of realized that, you know what, maybe yeah. we should be doing it the opposite of way around. Maybe we should be managing the agency so that they're not shouldering too heavy of a burden managing us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's awesome you'd bring that up because a lot of times like companies assume like agencies just want to get paid as much as possible That's when in, in right. reality, right. In reality, we're looking to grow our business in a profitable way too. And so like a lot of times I love working with a digital strategist or, yep. you know, a marketing specialist because then they can grow that person in their agency to a manager and a director, right. Over yep. time. And so, yes, we, we help bring in these processes, but then they take hold of it. Usually the internal person knows the stakeholders and when to approach them during the day versus not, right? Like all those little nuances. And so I, I'm so happy you brought that up because like, if you were to ask us like who our ideal customers are, you know, one of our ideal customer personas is a marketing director or yep. a marketing specialist yep. um, for those reasons. And uh, we've had great success with that. And so a lot of times people, like even if we approach a company that has a marketing specialist or director, I've actually had conversations with them uh, where I've had to tell them point blank, I'm not here to take your job. Because there's this weird notion that, oh, we're hiring Striventa. They do everything that I do. Yep. Oh my gosh, they're going to take my job. And I had to sit down with them. I said, hey, I don't want to take your job. If I wanted to, I would have applied for the job just like you did. But yeah, right. I'm here to grow Striventa. And guess what? You're my best friend. Why? Because you have the same knowledge base we do and you know the stakeholders more intimately than we do. So let us be that back-end machine for you and empower you, right? Yep. And and that typically seems to kind of alleviate that tension, but I had no idea that tension would even, you know, arise until <laughs> had that conversation. It's like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, that was not my perspective at all. I'm here to grow Strivent and there are things that we can scale with profitably, so I'm looking for that as well as you know, the overall success of a client, right? And so how you slice and dice it, you and I will always both come back to and say, well, what's the best um, method to ROI? Is it this many internal and then this outsource to us or all of it outsourced so that we could develop a process and then you can hire to put somebody in a process that's empowered instead of just hoping they bring a process with them, right? Um, so yeah, that's and great you bring actually, that Actually, just to tag onto that point, last thing on this is, uh, if you're going to engage an agency you really got to think about, hey, I've got a strategy 
that I need someone to execute? Or are you bringing in an agency to say, give me the strategy and then we'll either execute it or you guys will execute it. I think sometimes yeah. when people yeah, are looking to, are engage, they're looking to engage an agency, they don't actually realize that they're looking for strategy when they're like, oh, I need email marketing. Well, like, how does that feed into your greater strategy? Right. And sometimes they are unable to talk about that. Right. And all the channels that we use in growth, right? They're all somehow in interconnected, right? A retargeting campaign yeah, on Facebook absolutely. ads is probably somehow linked into a nurture campaign for that opt-in and email address, right? Um, you know, the content they're looking at or searching for, you know, obviously like that's going to give them a higher lead score if they're going to jump onto that. So all of these things, like you've got to understand that when you're engaging an agency, sometimes you're hiring them for strategy, sometimes you're hiring them for execution, and sometimes you're hiring them for both, right? Yeah, I love those points. That's uh, it's a great way to break it down. Cool. Well, I got one more question for you, and this is maybe a bigger picture question, but there's a lot going on between Google, Apple, and particularly Apple and Facebook. Um, but, you know, you start thinking about all the data that's currently being collected out there. Um, and I kind of call these the data wars, right? But, you know, with this upcoming iOS release um, with Apple, giving people the option to kind of opt out of tracking, do you see that as a trend sort of continuing? And how do you think these sort of like data wars are going to affect digital marketing and sales? Well, I am very paranoid when it comes to Google like to the <laughs> point where if you don't have a Gmail account, I will make you get one just because I just feel like it participates to the algorithm. Right. Um, that's my own paranoia. I get it. I live with it every day. But uh, if I had to pick a pony in the race, I mean, I because they're listening, Google. Yeah. Um, only because they're listening to this call right now and yeah. probably the transcription and they're crawling it. And I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's a great question to ask when you look at these tech giants. Um, you know, there was a time where people had said, oh, Facebook is going to come and go, right? Because all these new programs, but uh, Facebook is such a behemoth that it's not just going to go away, right? So there's a lot of shiny objects out there. Um, if I had to pick a pony, though, I'd, I'd still stick with Google, um, all paranoia aside. The infrastructure that they've deployed worldwide and continue to, the the way that they continue to update their tech and their AI. I mean, yes, the certain tracking items can be blocked and you can't necessarily build audiences the way that we can, but they, they will always find a way around it. Um, I know there's a couple other like new kids on the block trying to pop up like other search engines like Aniva. Yep. Right. Um, that their pitch is a little different, but I just, the adoption rate is, is so strong on Google right now that it's going to take a serious disruption to stop that momentum. Um, it really is. And, and I just, I just don't know if I see that anytime soon. So, um, Amazon's cool. I, I love that I can get things to my house in less than a day now, maybe even <laughs> less than an hour, depending on what it is. Right. Yep, yep. Um, that's great, but I don't know, just, uh, I, I feel like Google is the tech giant that's going to keep growing and, if I had to pick a pony, that's probably it. 
Yeah, I'd probably agree with you there as well. You know, and I always I, I always look back to the cultures of the company, right? Facebook always kind of started as the, you know, the move fast and break things sort of culture. And they've definitely broken a lot of things, right? Um, a lot of it, <laughs> yeah. some of it, a lot, most of it unintended, right? And so, you know, to see Apple, you know, basically kind of fire across that first salvo. Um, and, you know, Google isn't really that nervous about that, right? And I think to your point, you know, Google has, it's incredible to see what it's done, not only on the B2C side, right? Like products like Gmail and, you know, um, all the ad products they have that are now being obviously pushed to consumers, but on the B2B side, right? Like they're taking market share from Microsoft, right? On enterprise, yeah. like yeah. left and right. Just this, yeah. like, can you, like, I think the best example of that is Google Spreadsheets, right? The I remember when they first yeah. rolled out the pivot table in Google Spreadsheets, <laughs> I was like, dude, this is this is magic. Like you yeah. can build a pivot table in a browser, right? Yeah. And yeah, I just sound yeah. like a complete nerd, but. No, um, no, I love it. I love it. I, I'm more paranoid. Like I'll put potentially like in our Google Docs with blogs, like the links will keep them in the Google Docs because we we just feel like it contributes somehow. I'm just <laughs> Dude, I am. Um, so you know how there's that, um, the auto suggest that yeah. uh, Google has now in Google Docs. And it's yep. sort of, so man, it's starting to pull auto yes. suggests from my Gmail, from yeah. my, from my work email. It's insane. Like I saw them, I saw it pull in like a, a phrase or a snippet. Yep. Um, it's already happening. Literally from an email that I was typing to a client in a document that I was preparing for a client. It yeah. was like, I just saw that. It was like late at night when I was doing, I was like, wait, did, yeah. did that just happen? You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's happening. And like some people actually will call that like Google stacking, right? Which can get into some serious black hat in my opinion. But at least for now, like, I think again, it's just crazy, but yeah, I like how the stack is just so connected. You brought up Excel and, uh, you know, they're, they're replicating everything, right? So what's to say that they're not just going to keep trying to replicate and take market share? Because all it takes is a percent or two to have fun, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And especially you got the balance sheet that those guys have, right? They've got oh, gosh, tons yeah. of engineers and lots of cash and, you know, so, yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. I think if, if I were to to bet on anyone, it'd probably be Google. Not that, you know, Apple or Facebook or Amazon are going to go away anytime soon, but oh, I yeah. think their ecosystem that Google has developed both across, you know, B2B and B2C, and especially on the enterprise side with B2B is, is, is pretty incredible. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you jumping on. We jumped around to a lot of cool different topics here. Um, but, uh, to wrap this up, um, did you maybe want to have, do you have a client story, like a worst client story or a client story that you wanted to share with us? Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a client story that caught me off guard. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is good for the intended audience of the show, right? Like definitely. Day, yep. 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll put this disclaimer out there, right? Um, integrity to the process and, you know, is a pillar here, right? So trust me, like I will always be the first one to own it, to fix it. Um, if there's, you know, a potential refund needed or a correction or value add needed, we've always done it, right? We've never shortchanged. So I, I can share this example in full confidence, um, knowing that uh, maybe this could help another agency owner out there, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
So we were working with a client for a couple of years now, growing their business. Everything was going well. Um, you know, there's different scales you can have, right? You can have a base uh, every month. You could have, hey, here's a six-month project. How do you want to pay for it? Or a 12-month project. How do you want to pay for it? Or do you want to have like a, a base and a bonus model, right? Uh, I love owners call that. I want to develop a success-driven model with you, Ryan. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Please, let's talk about this because usually it requires me to drop my rate in half and to only get a percent on the back end, right? Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> Quote-unquote value-based pricing, right? Value-based yeah. price, yeah. Uh, and for me, like I always want to have these conversations because, of course, I want skin in the game. We grow businesses, right? So yep. it's in our nature to want to have skin in the game. But usually the skin is a little different here and there, right? Um, but for this client, they were bought in on it. They said, hey, you know, here's, here's the bonus opportunity um, that we see. And, you know, after a few rounds of negotiations, we solidified on it. It was going well. You know, so we started bringing some serious traction to the client uh, to the point where they were booked out for two months. Like they couldn't service um, their customers for two months because they had an employee shortage. Yeah. And um, and for me, as a, as a young business owner, I thought, this is awesome. We have totally blown it up. This is what every owner wants, right? <laughs> and then on the back end, I go, oh my gosh, we're not going to get our bonus because they can't service. Right. And I just thought, oh man, what a predicament to be in. So he, uh, he said, well, I just assumed you could help us recruit employees now, for, you know, it's like, okay, we can talk about that service. He goes, well, I don't want to pay any more. We'll just shift around our services. You help me do oh, this gosh. on the back end. I was like, okay, but that's not what our contract states or right? integrity to the process. Right. So after a, a while, I just said, Hey, like I finally told him, I was like, Hey, your book two months out. Um, we're, we're not able to just give free work, right? This is our contract together. And, and I wasn't, you know, trying to be so staunch. I just said, Hey, integrity of the process, like this is not what we discussed and, and you haven't paid us our bonuses. So like this puts me in a tough spot. Right. Yeah. And so I said, I don't, I don't think we're a good fit for you as an agency. Like I, I was like, Hey, I really don't think we're a good fit because our values are not in a line. And I think a lot of times, um, either agencies or owners, they forget about that part, right? They just, they just either want the check or they don't. Yep. Or, uh, and they forget about how the values have to be in alignment. And, um, and he said, so you're firing me as a client. I said, well, we could be here to work out projects with you. And I, he goes, no, don't give me that. You're firing me as a client. I was like, sure. If, if you want to put that verbiage to it, I'm, I'm here as a resource. I'll always answer your emails, your calls. Um, and he said, I'm going to sue you. Oh no. <laughs> and I just, I took a, I took a breath, Andrew. And I just thought to myself, I was like, never in my wildest dreams did I think this conversation would ever come to me. And, I, and so I asked him, I said, so are you going to like sue me to pay me? Like, is that what you're, what I was just going to say, doesn't he owe you or <laughs> the person owe you money? Uh, <laughs> I was like, so you want to sue me to pay me. Right. And I, and I like, I just like let it hang there and it just, it was silence. Right. And I was, I was like, I, I can't wrap my head around this. Like you're wanting to sue me to pay me. Right. And he's like, well, I'm just going to lose revenue now because our agreement was for another year. And I said, well, we're already losing revenue right now on our end because you're not upholding the agreement. Um, so you have to understand as a business owner, I'm turning away your check when I have eight employees mouths to feed. Like that should trigger to you how bad this relationship is, right? Like yeah, right. for me as a business owner to turn away your money, like that should trigger in something. And I told him, I said, like that should hit you at the core and, and think to yourself, like, why does somebody not want my money? 
after the results we've had, right? And so just, uh, it was a very interesting conversation. Yeah, talk about like an emotional response to a crappy situation, right? Oh my gosh. Never in a million years did I think that that situation would come up. And, you know, just as a level of encouragement, I guess, to other agency owners, like, hey, have integrity to the process always, even if it means you're the one you know, refunding or doing value add services or making up, making good. You always have to do that. Um, and on the flip side, you know, if you have a client that doesn't adhere to those same principles, you can't be afraid to have those conversations with them because I'll be honest, immediately after that client was, you know, we parted ways. Um, my entire team literally stood up and clapped. I, oh, I, I, nice. kid you not. <laughs> I swear I walked into the office and I said, Hey guys, we no longer work with them. And they stood up and, and literally they clapped. And one guy said, thank you so much for taking care of us and for holding our clients accountable to the same standard you hold us to. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. And it's a, it's a partnership, said, okay, man. It's, it's got to work. It's got to work two ways. It's got to work two ways for iron sharpening iron goes both ways. Right. So yeah. Anyway, that was a fun time. So if, if there's any encouragement, somebody else can draw from it. Great. And, uh, yep. yeah, those, are, those, <laughs> that was a fun time. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Thanks for that story. I think there's a lot of people out there, whether you're an agency owner or not, that can relate to, you know, tricky situations with clients or counterparties for sure. Well, cool, Ryan. Thanks for joining us today, man. I think we had a really good conversation. You know, for anyone out there listening, um, this is going to be a monthly podcast. Um, it's not going to be available through uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We have a private hosting for it. So um, you'll be able to access, you know, this podcast and future podcasts through an email that I'm going to be sending to all of you. So thanks for joining and uh, we'll see you on the next one.